It's July 22nd, 2020, and welcome to the new edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll have Steve Arbach from the University of Hawaii Office of Innovation, and he's here to tell us about the Hacking for Recovery. It's a five-day boot camp. And uh, then we'll be joined by Liza Rodewall from Instant Teams and uh, Christine Guo from Wells Fargo and Richard Matsui from KWH Analytics. And we'll talk about remote work from Hawaii. Now, I'd like to welcome, by phone, Steve Arbach from the University's uh, Office of Innovation, who's here to tell us about this five-day boot camp called Hacking for Recovery. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, thanks, Bert. Always a pleasure. I, I love what you're doing, and I appreciate you uh, inviting me. Well, I, I always, uh, you know, you always got some interesting things going on over there at the university, and 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 where'd you come up with this hacking for recovery program? Yeah, you know, this is not a traditional hack where you come out with some code or a wireframe. It's really a uh, some curriculum where participants are going to learn more about the lean methodology. Mm-hmm. And it you know, stems back when I was at my days at Hewlett Packard, we had brought in a gentleman by the name of Steve Blank, who was really the father of the lean methodology. And we ran our entire organization through the lean methodology and, and came out of it uh, with a, a much richer, stronger, changed culture around reinventing uh, HP's existing businesses. And so I got wind that uh, he was doing another one of these what he calls H4X. This one just happened to be H4R, Hack for Recovery. Mm-hmm. And they were doing it at Stanford, Bert. And so I reached out. I said, hey, Steve, what about helping the state of Hawaii? And one conversation led to the other. And before I knew it, he's like, Steve, I'm all in. We'll bring the team. We'll help you out. We'll do it virtual. But he had one request. Yeah. He said, Hawaii, the Hawaii team needs to lead. We'll be here to support. All right. Okay. So how are you, how are you leading? Are you going to design the the program, I mean, what does it mean by, you know, you leading? Yeah, so when, when he put that on our, in front of us, I said, well, who are the, some of the key strong uh, partners in our community? So I immediately reached out to uh, Leslie Wilkins out at MEDB mm-hmm. and, and touched base with Katie Talladay, and she's part of the STEMWorks team. And so she and my team came together, and we said, hey, let's pull uh, all hands on deck. And we leveraged the curriculum uh, and pedagogy from Stanford, We've also leveraged uh, a lot of what they're doing at the Stanford program. They're doing three five-day boot camps. We're going to do one, although Steve Blank said, hey, Arbach, you should do three of these. Well, we're going to do one first. Um, And so then Katie and I started working on this together with our teams, and Mm -hmm. uh, we pulled together a teaching team, and part of the leading is they're they're Hawaii uh, uh, instructors that are all, all trained on lean methodology, so they'll be leading out with the curriculum. Um, and then we'll have support uh, instructors from the Stanford team, including Steve Blank. Um, and then we'll have some uh, speakers along the way and then some key topics around customer discovery, agile engineering, and business model canvas and or mission model canvas if uh, you've got an entity that wants to do social impact or social entrepreneurship. So over the course of the five days, are each day different because of the, the topic that you're covering or the you know, the, let's say the, uh, the economic sector that you're covering, or how do, you, how do you kind of break up the five days? Yeah, good question. And, and we're um, basically targeting the, lean, the business model canvas and the, and the mission model canvas. And if you decompose that, you've got one section that's on the business model. Uh, then you've got customer discovery. You've got value prop in the customer segments. Then you've got the channels. Then you've got your revenue. Then the partners, the key resources. 
and then their cost and metrics, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So each day is going to have one of those components, and then there'll be a lecture, and then there'll be um, office hours. And so Steve and his team and our UH and Hawaii team will also be there for part of the office hours and the lectures. And so each of the participants, uh, they're going to come in as a team of four with an idea. And this is what's unique about this Hacking for Recovery. They're, they're, they could be folks in the uh, industry workforce that have an idea mm-hmm. and they have a team of four, and they, they sign up. Or it could be an individual that says, you know, I just want to be a part of this lean methodology movement. I don't have an idea. And then we work with them and match what we call uh, speed dating, and we, and we do mixers, and we match them onto, an, a, te- onto a team. Um, and then they go through the curriculum. And this is all going to take place, like, during that th- sort of three-hour uh, period that you're online? Yeah, so Monday through Friday, August 10th to 14th, it's a three-hour. But the expectation is it's a, it's a typically 10- to 12-week uh, course that Stanford and 40 other universities, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we're going to bring it to University of Hawaii in the fall and the spring, the H4X program. And so this is kind of a, a lead into that. Mm-hmm. But it's typically a 10- to 12-week uh, program. We're accelerating it down to f- uh, a five-day. Mm-hmm. So it's three hours of uh, virtual class time, but eight hours during the day they're spending – doing customer discovery and, and finessing their business models or mission model. Are you, are you focusing on any particular sectors? Yeah, good question. And it's interesting how it's playing out. We originally were targeting, um, you know, this, the sciences, obviously space, astronomy, energy, and, and ocean-related uh, uh, sectors. Mm-hmm. We've got ag, health, uh, healthcare, especially with uh, telehealth, uh, computer sciences, uh, engineering, data sciences, social enterprise, travel, hospitality, certainly looking at new innovative models. And what's, what was interesting is we've gotten, we've gotten overwhelming support. Over 200 people have already signed up over the last three weeks, and uh, this thing's coming to close as far as applications uh, Sunday night. We're probably going to have way more teams than we have capacity to accommodate, which begs the question, maybe we need to do this again. But um, what's, what's the, the main theme that's coming out of this is we're seeing uh, quite a few of interest in, around social entrepreneurship, um, ag tech, uh, telehealth, and then the computer sciences. Those seem to be the themes. Uh, there's also some, uh, some interest around food manufacturing that mm-hmm. uh, are starting to resonate with the teams that have been formed thus far. So is this uh, open to everybody or just University of Hawaii students? Yeah, good question. When we talked to Steve Blank and Katie and I put our heads together, we said, let's do the whole of community approach. And so we reached out to Chaminade, HPU, high schools, uh, workforce. So we've got some teams that are forming from industry. We have some teams from high school. We have some teams uh, across post-secondary. Interestingly enough, we've got you know, quite a few students that are deciding to stay home and not go uh, abroad or uh, to the West Coast or East Coast to school. They want to maybe stay here. And we've got teams from different uh, uh, institutions off-island as well. So you guys are already helping to form the team. So it's not just the, you know, sign up and then start the start the session in August. I mean, it sounds like you're actually helping to bring people together. Yeah, there's a bit of an art and science to that one, right? So we had about, uh, of the 200 applications, there was only about six teams. So that's four. That's 24 folks of the 200 that already had an idea and already said, hey, I got a team. And so what we're doing, and, and we've had two what we call information sessions slash mixers. Mm-hmm. We've had two of those, and, it, and Katie does a phenomenal job just working through and matching, you know, what's the, the, the idea team, that the lead there says, here's my idea. And then they try and match with whether you're a, a hacker, hipster, hunter, or a, a salesperson, whatever the case may be. And we try and match them with the skill set and the, and the team. 
And then we also have, here's another opportunity, since we're probably at capacity with participants, but um, we're encouraging those that have already signed up. We have um, the folks over at Purple, uh, Purple Maya, yeah. Alex Wagner, uh -huh. and Kamalinos Enos from the Office of Innovation and Indigenous Innovation. They're going to do a Pauhana mixer on Friday night at 6 p.m., uh, to get some more of those individuals matched with teams. Wow, that's great. Okay, so Steve, where can people find out more information? And if you're looking for volunteers, I mean, where can they sign up? Yeah, no, we're really, uh, for. we're probably going to have 20 to 25 teams of four, so 80 to 100 participants. Um, and what we're looking for, if, if you understand the lean methodology, there's 50 to 100 customer interviews that have to go on during that week. And so we're looking for volunteers, either industry, social enterprise, government, and volunteers, as well as interested folks to f learn more about this uh, hack for recovery, can go to innovate, the number two, impact.hawaii.edu. And it's all one word. Innovate to impact. Okay, so I will put that up on our show notes. And I think you have a video from uh, Steve Blank, and I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight on bitemarkscafe.org. Hey, thanks, Steve, for joining us. Hey, Bert, Mala Nui Loa. It's always great uh, what you're doing for the community. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Liza Rodenwall from Instant Teams. We'll see also we have uh, Christina uh, Go from uh, Wells Fargo, Richard Matsui from K8, KWH Analytics, and we'll talk about remote work in Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and The Hub Coworking Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe, and I'm happy to welcome Liza Rodenwall. She's the founder of Instant Teams. Also have Christine Gould from Wells Fargo Strategic Capital, uh, and she works in the healthcare sector. And, of course, uh, Richard Matsui is the founder and CEO of a company called KWH Analytics, Welcome, everybody, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Glad to be here. Now, let's see. I'll start with, uh, I want to I kind of go around the, the table and, and kind of ask uh, each one of you, just tell me a little bit of, of your story. And <clears throat> I'll start with Liza. And Liza, uh, I, I am familiar with uh, uh, Instant Teams because you're one of the companies that came out of uh, Blue Startups. I think, the what was it, the latest mm -hmm. cohort? Co was it Cohort 12? Yeah, Cohort yeah. Well, that so, happened last spring. Yeah, so tell tell us a little bit about Instant Teams. What's the, um, you know, what does Instant Teams do, and and uh, how do you get uh, how do you get the Shanoa to, you know, get, you know, <laughs> get that sparkle in her eye? <laughs> sure. So Instant Teams is all about remote work. That's what we do, 100% of the time, all day, every day. And really, we saw the need for companies to be able to leverage a high quality remote workforce in particular areas, specifically um, like customer success, so customer support, tech support, admin support, marketing, those types of roles, and for them to have a platform to be able to utilize great, amazing talent. On the flip side of that, um, I'm a military spouse here, stationed and located on Oahu, and um, through my military experience, seeing the military spouse community really struggle with unemployment because they moved so often, remote work was a huge need in that community. So Instant Teams was born to match those two things together to help companies get high-quality remote workforce for functional needs and for team building, and then to also give jobs to the military staff community who desperately need that kind of flexible work um, style to be able to continue their careers. 
Yeah, you know, I do. I do want to talk a little bit about how you've created this uh, this whole really pretty cool kind of ecosystem, and you've already identified the supply and the demand. So we'll, we'll get into a little bit more detail. But I want to also give Christine mm-hmm. and and Richard a chance to tell us a little bit about uh, what what they do. So Christine, I mean, how did the how did well? First off, you better let everybody know what the relationship between you and Richard are. <laughs> we are married. Uh, so Richard uh, is uh, local is from Hawaii, and I am married. Uh, Hawaii, uh, originally from New York. Uh, professionally, I'm a healthcare investor uh, based in the San Francisco Bay Area with Wells Fargo Strategic Capital. Uh, we had a baby in January, so the prospect of grandma daycare in the middle of the pandemic lured us back to Hawaii. Uh, in May, we decided to come back uh, for a month. Uh, we're still here, uh, and we have no plans to move back. Um, so we are examples of folks coming back to uh, Hawaii uh, and really happy that we did so. And so, and, and Richard, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, KWH Analytics. Sure. I, yeah, I'll do a quick backstory here. So I'm, I grew up uh, in Kapahulu behind rainbows. Mm-hmm. Maybe you probably haven't heard of them unless you have pets, but uh, Petland is a family business that, that we have. We grew up through that. I went to mainland for college, and I started a solar data company on the mainland Uh called KWH Analytics. So we aggregate data on how solar power plants perform to help investors make better decisions about these these solar assets. And I met Christine up in the mainland. It's over in San Francisco. Oh, cool. Did you say Petland? Uh, Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. I remember Petland. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's still going strong. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, so whose decision was it to come back, back, come back to Hawaii, or come to Hawaii? Was it was it you, Richard? I mean, and and uh, did did Christine come kind of kicking and screaming, or how was that? How did that work out? Surprisingly, I I was the one who uh, really wanted to come back to Hawaii, even though I'm not from here. I I love Hawaii, and uh, yeah, when the opportunity for Live in Hawaii and still do our jobs. Uh, we really love that opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, that's cool. And then that you were both able to, in essence, you know, work remotely. And you know, I I, I do want to take a bit of time to kind of understand if there's actually a dis- difference between telework and remote work. Uh, and and so with with Liza, you know, do you have Maybe a distinction between telework and remote work? Um, sure. So I think now those terms are used pretty interchangeably. I will say if you are a job seeker and you're looking for work on government websites or some more traditional industries, telework is probably the term they use um, when they mean remote work. Um, but typically, Telework was reserved for if you happen to work from home or work from another location a few days a week, but you still came into the office, whereas remote work is kind of considered geo-location independent. Mm-hmm. So you're not ever expected to be in an office anywhere. But I think, you know, the industry is changing and the, the term remote work is starting to um, encompass that a little bit. And I think telework is kind of going to falling a little bit to the wayside and being replaced more with remote work, flexible work, and some different types of um, newer terms that have been coming out. I see, I see. Because, you know, when, when I sometimes think of telework, I I imagine, you know, sort of they use it in the context of call centers or, you know, having to sit next to, 
your phone and you know you've got a headset on and you're constantly sort of uh, interacting with with customers then and that to me is kind of like the telework but you're right i mean uh that's probably like a very old uh description of a mm-hmm. particular segment of of this work and and if you're working in hawaii and your company is somewhere else i mean that obviously you're going to be doing a lot of work uh online or you know it could be phone calls or what have you but you know it encompasses more by just referring to it as as remote work right so anyway, so in terms of um, uh, Liza, in terms of the the ecosystem that you've created, uh, how do you go about securing the companies that you're trying to fulfill uh, supply with? Yeah, so um, we really just look for companies. We work with a lot of technology companies who are already distributed in in nature that are looking for a different kind of solution versus hiring a bunch of people to come into their office or outsourcing a function completely. So by developing a remote workforce, it kind of gives them the best of both worlds, all that cost savings by not having people coming into their office on a daily basis, but also getting people that can plug straight into their company culture, their software, their tools, their systems, instead of trying to outsource business functions to like an outsource provider. Mm -hmm. So that's really how we go um, to help companies build these teams, solve a real functional need that they have. And then, um, you know, remote work before probably was maybe our objection number two or three, but now with COVID, all, you know, companies are kind of throwing that out the window and saying, okay, we've adapted now a little bit to the remote work environment, or we're way more open to it than we were previously and it's kind of sped up the adoption of that so that we're really seeing a lot of great traction in that area because of that so in terms of uh you know the the current state that we're in i mean are you are you seeing a a a strong uptick in opportunities for remote work i mean given given the fact that you know there are uh, more people looking for work i mean do you see a demand Mm -hmm. and are they sort of knocking your (laughs) knocking your door down (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's both because it just kind of depends the industry and the type of company because some, you know, obviously are impacted harder than others um, during the environment. So we've definitely seen, though, an uptick in the demand and skilled remote workers. So people who are comfortable working remotely, who have the soft skills needed to make that successful, companies are definitely looking for that. And I would say they're also switching some of what they would have normally had as traditional roles to more remote work type roles going into the future planning. So mm-hmm. not even just now, but into the future quarters, they're thinking ahead and thinking about those things and coming to us. So definitely seeing an uptick in the number of opportunities available out there. Yeah, I do want to uh, talk to you a little bit more also about, you know, upskilling and whether there's, uh, how do you onboard a lot of these folks? But uh, I, I do want to ask Richard. So Richard, you know, your your model is a little bit different. I mean, you folks have already established yourself within your company i mean your folks are both both you christine are uh you know uh, have a an expertise within the company and and you've decided to work at home and one of the things that that uh what got me to kind of hook up with you folks is is that you've actually encouraged others to perhaps take the same pathway and find their way back to hawaii and so what have you done to I guess, encourage that, that movement back to Hawaii? Yeah, so I think I like thinking about the problem and the solution, right? Like The, the, the problem is that uh, even before COVID, there was always limited jobs to support the talent that Hawaii would generate, right? There's, there's, these islands produce world-class talent. 
And so, I mean, a lot of talented kids who grew up in Hawaii who want to come home. But look, look, if you're not a, a doctor, lawyer, accountant, sometimes people feel forced to choose between their career and home. I mean, we, we all know this. And so that's the challenge, but it's also a huge opportunity, right? There's this, this massive opportunity to encourage these talented people to come back home right now and bring their jobs back home with them. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. I was just talking to someone, uh, someone named Daniel, who's, you know, Punahou grad, went to Stanford. Oh, are you still there, Richard? But then, you know, he's been stuck in Ghana for 10 years, and now he was able to move back home. I think we're, I think we're losing, you, <laughs> losing your connection. Uh, no worries. Um, I, I was just saying that I met this uh, guy named Daniel. Yeah. He's a Punahou grad, Stanford Computer Science. His parents are still here. And he spent 10 years on the mainland working for big tech companies out there. But look, with the pandemic, he's able to work remotely now. And so he's, he's moved home. He just finished with That's the opportunity we have. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I do want to continue that conversation on, on you know, uh, the, the actual Google Doc that you put together. So we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, but I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with Liza Rodenwall, Christine Gould, and Richard Matsui about telework and remote work. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, the Kahala Hotel and Resort, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Liza Rodenwall from uh, Instant Teams, and we have Christine Gould from Wells Fargo. Uh, she's part of the Strategic Capital Group. And Richard Matsui, her husband, and he is a founder of KWH Analytics. And, of course, right before the break, um, you know, Richard was telling us uh, an example of a, a um, I guess, a friend of his, colleague, uh, that uh, also decided to come back home and, and actually successfully work remotely in Hawaii. And and Richard, I think um, you and Christine, I mean, you guys kind of have seen this opportunity and have identified some things that could help uh, ease that transition. And maybe tell us a little bit about that. I mean, what is it that you thought could help people make that uh, leap back to Hawaii? Sure. So what we did, seeing this opportunity, what we did is we are on a Saturday afternoon carved out a couple of hours to write what became a three-page Google document. Mm-hmm. And the Google document is very simple, right? But if, if you were on the mainland today, what are the questions you would want to have answered about making the move to Hawaii, right? You want to know how the quarantine works. You want to know how you find housing. You want to find out how you get food while you're in a quarantine. You know, some very basic questions, but someone's got to put those in, in one place. So we wrote this, this quick Google document, and we put it online. And since then, uh, you know, we've only sent it around our limited channels, uh, and we know of 14 people who have made the move back uh, to Hawaii. And most of these people um, uh, have always wanted to live uh, in Hawaii. They're generally from Hawaii, got educated on the mainland, uh, and now there's an opportunity for them to keep their jobs while uh, living in where they want to live and be back home with family. Um, so uh, we're really glad that this, this small document has helped 
many others make that decision to come back. So, Christine, I mean, with with the document, did they did they interact with you at all, or did they just use the document to help uh, you know answer some questions that they might have had? What what role did you folks play on a on a one on one kind of basis? Sure. So we like to make ourselves available to anyone who might have questions. Uh, as folks who have made the move back um, and are very happy and are big advocates uh, for Hawaii, we always love to talk to others who are in the same shoes trying to make that decision. Um, the document is really there just as an information resource uh, to help people. Um, but if uh, folks have questions, uh, we're also available. Mm. Hey, uh, Richard, I mean, like, uh, you know, what of the 14 folks that came back, I mean, do you have a sense as to what sort of companies really embrace the idea of, of remote work? Oh, I mean, almost without exaggeration, like the entire city of San Francisco, like all of Silicon Valley has embraced remote work. Uh, to give you a sense of it, rents have fallen by 10% last month in San Francisco as all these engineers, product managers, marketers, they're all leaving the city. Mm-hmm. And so it really creates this very unique opportunity for Hawaii. Now, uh, of, the, of the 14, I mean, do you have a sense as to what companies are represented there? Oh, sure. And so it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good mix there. So I'd say tech companies would be the, the most dominant. And there's also some people in solar. There's some, there are VCs, venture capitalists. Uh, there's a lawyer in there. So it's a, it's a good mix of professionals who are bringing good jobs to Hawaii. Oh, that's that's cool. And then again, this is kind of remote work. I mean, they, they've already established themselves with the company, and they've already. I mean, what is cool is that they've uh, gotten the, the sort of the management blessing to 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 move uh, to Hawaii. And you know, in terms of the um, selling it to management, I know pre-pandemic, I always heard that it was tough to convince management that you wanted to work in Hawaii because they never would believe you. Uh, how, how has that changed, or, or is it still a convincing uh, effort? I give that to Christine. Maybe you can you can tackle that one. From our experience, uh, it requires very little convincing. Um, hmm. Everyone is uh, doing remote work, uh, and no one's traveling anyway. Um, you really can work from anywhere, and why not Hawaii? Uh, personally, we found that we have been more productive. Um, our mental health is better than ever, uh, and we think this makes us, in aggregate, better employees. Um, and I, I would hope others would feel the same way. No, that's Lucky great. We live Hawaii, right? I mean, it's in Hawaii. I think we don't necessarily appreciate how good it is. In on the mainland, the virus count is extremely high and continues to skyrocket. So I think that there's a, a difference there. Hey, so Richard, you know, in the last minute or so, uh, how how can we scale this? How do we scale this? Yeah, I think that's the that's a great question. I mean, we know that from if a if a three page Google document and, and help from many people who have decided to just contribute and, and circulate it around, but fourteen a three page Google document being able to get fourteen people to help make the transition shows that there is demand here. I would say say two things. Like one is that if your listeners would just reach out to, we all have a, a friend or a high school buddy or a cousin or your kid who went to the mainland, right? Like helping to remind these people, like, look, there's this really unique opportunity to come back home now. I think that's, that's a good one. The second is really being there as a community, right? Helping these people to find housing, helping them to get groceries. Like it's, the, the tight-knit nature of Hawaii can really shine through in a time like this. No, that's great. And, you know, all, all three of you have great models and, 
and uh, I think uh, I'll put the I'll put the links up on the show notes and because uh, Liza Liza Rodenwall, she's the founder of Instant Teams, great uh, company to to kind of get uh, onboarded uh, into this whole remote work uh, arena. We got Christine Go, she's the director of Wells Fargo Strategic Capital, and uh, Richard Matsui, he's the founder and CEO of KW Analytics. They're all working in Hawaii. I'll put up the show notes, uh, uh, the Google Doc that they, they produce up on the show notes. And of course, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And of course, thank you, thank, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week uh, when we will talk about the 2.5 gigahertz frequency application for Hawaiian homelands. And if you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And of course, if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Stay awesome and stay safe we'll see you next week on another edition of bite marks cafe